Welcome to Lit, a podcast dedicated to life, liturgy, and the pursuit of holiness. I'm Bryn. And I'm Justin, and we're coming to you from beautiful Austin, Texas. Where each week we're talking about liturgy in everything from daily living to following Christ. I am resurrection and I am life, says the Lord. Whoever has faith in me shall have life, even though he die. And everyone who has life and has committed himself to me in faith shall not die forever. As for me, I know that my Redeemer lives, and that at the last he will stand upon the earth. After my awaking, he will raise me up, and in my body I shall see God. I myself shall see, and my eyes behold him, who is my friend and not a stranger. For none of us has life in himself, and none becomes his own master when he dies. For if we have life, we are alive in the Lord, And if we die, we die in the Lord. So then, whoever, whether we live or die, we are the Lord's possession. Happy from now on are those who die in the Lord. So it is, says the Spirit, for they rest from their labors. Now, I bet that was familiar to some of you uh, as coming from our burial liturgy, which is the Easter liturgy we're going to talk about today. And right off the bat, that's the opening anthem in our right to burial liturgy. And you get the theme of resurrection right off the bat. I am resurrection and I am life. And it's so appropriate, I think, in the Episcopal Church when we talk about burials. For most clergy, I'll speak for myself and then Bryn can chime in. Uh, I love doing funerals, which sounds kind of funny uh, to some folks. And it's not because there's not grieving and mourning. It's because for that moment in my mind, there's a thin place between heaven and earth as we celebrate the life of the person we've, we, we love but see no longer. And if only for a moment that veil between heaven and earth is made thin and we're reminded of the body of Christ and that we rest and die in the Lord. And as the anthem says, happy from now on that we die in the Lord, that we're not dead forever. We're not just gone forever that when we close our eyes here, we open our eyes and see God. And that's the real gift uh, of the burial liturgy. And that's, and the prayer book starts it off with that anthem to set that tone, to set that reality in motion, um, which is very powerful. Uh, as I, as I'm sure you just, if that was the first time you've heard that anthem, then that might've been a pretty powerful experience for you because it's, it, it is that, it is that very thing. Um, so, so that's where we're going today. That's what we're going to talk about. We're going to dive into the burial liturgy and into this idea of resurrection and eternal life um, that we find in Jesus. And what an appropriate time to do it, Brandon, in the Easter season. Absolutely. Well, and that's why we, you know, chose to do this. It might seem a little bit odd that we would be talking about um, burial Uh, during this otherwise season of celebration. But resurrection is just that thing that brings together, um, you know, unites our our grief to ultimate joy. And, you know, that's what I hear in those anthems that, that we read at the beginning of our burial service, which, by the way, have been in the prayer book since, uh, since at least 1549. So these anthems have been um, 
you know, really a core piece of, of our burial liturgy for a very long time. They're, they're right out of, um, out of the Bible. Um, and they give us such words of, of comfort. I, one of the things that stands out to me is not just that we will, um, that we will see God, but it says, um, I myself shall see in my eyes, behold him who is my friend and not a stranger that when we, um, when we get to see, when we get to see the Lord, we will recognize him as a friend. Um, and that is, that's just such comfort. Which is kind of interesting when you think about the, the just, just to tie it into some of the gospel stories we've had over the last couple of weeks and Easter Sunday, and then, mm-hmm. uh, and then down the line till uh, this past Sunday is everything was very relational with Jesus post-resurrection. Uh, just this past Sunday, Thomas, touching, feeling, seeing. Go back uh, to the Gospel of John on Easter Sunday, Mary Magdalene. I have to imagine that uh, when she was so in her grief, that it wasn't her calling her by name, but it was the way he looked at her that she knew who he was immediately. Mm-hmm. She, she saw the face of God in that moment. And that's how Jesus has been operating his whole ministry. So it's no surprise that in the resurrection, in his resurrected body, uh, that he is still being very relational, very intentional about connecting with the disciples and those that he's appearing to. Um, and that's part of what we capture here. And that's it's part of what that anthem captures when they they say, I'll recognize you not as a, as a friend and not as a stranger, because Jesus is not a stranger to us. Uh, although I, I will acknowledge this, that to some folks, it may feel that way. I don't, I don't know who Jesus is. Who's Jesus? Mm-hmm. And, and that's, a great, uh, that's a great question. It's a, it's a great question for people to explore. But one of the ways I know we start to answer that question is in relationship to one another and the people that uh, enter into our life, friends, family, the, the people that uh, we'll actually say in, in different prayers in the burial liturgy that we, we give thanks to God for giving them to us uh, so that we could grow and learn and love. Mm-hmm. And that's where we start to, I think, understand who Jesus is. Because things go full circle in the burial liturgy in, in a way that a lot of times we, we think we're focused on death. And as we walk through the liturgy, we realize we're actually focused on life. We're focused on a change in life that is hard. You know, change is hard. And that's maybe... Um, a place we want to start. Well, actually, actually, I want to back up for a second. There's a second anthem that poses a great question. And this, this anthem also appears in our prayer book tradition, but not doesn't go back quite as far as the one that Bryn led off with. Uh, but the, just this question it poses, not a question. Well, it is a question, uh, but it makes a statement followed by a question. In the midst of life, we are in death. From whom can we seek help? That very reality is an interesting statement. In the midst of life, we are in death. Mm-hmm. That from the moment we're born, that we know that death is inevitable of this, uh, dare I call it a meat suit that we have, that, that, <laughs> that it will die, that it will give out. You just had to get that in there I somewhere. I had to get that out. I had to get that out. <laughs> that, that old meat suit has to go at some point. Um, but again, Thinking about the resurrection, yeah, this vehicle that I've been bestowed with um, is not my whole identity. It's not my whole existence. It's not my whole being. Uh, it's just part of it. It's it's part of a tool that I have to live life on this earthly plane. Um, and and, and it, but it's a great question. I mean, it's a great statement. From whom do we seek help? 
when we know that I have no control over this, uh, over this vehicle that I'm in, that I have no control over what happens to me. You know, I can't, Mm -hmm. I can do certain things, sure, to take care of my body. I can do certain things, but there are certain things that I can't, uh, there's disease, there's ailments, there's, there's tragic events that happen that can destroy this physical body. And then I have no control over So when you're in this uncontrolled environment, where do we turn? We turn to God. We turn to the Lord. We, we go there. We, we realize where our, where our life began and actually where it rests, not ends, I think is the big, is the big takeaway. Um, what are you thinking, Brent? Well, I'm thinking about, uh, you know, I was talking with my spiritual director not very long ago about, about, oh, suffering and about pain and about loss and about, you know, just this, the, just exactly what you were talking about, that, that loss of control in life and, and how shocking it can be. Um, and, uh, and essentially about decay, that that our bodies are decaying. I mean, that's that's what this is saying. In the midst of life, we are in death. Um, and he said, you know, decay is just death in slow motion. <laughs> this is true. This yeah, is, that's um, a good way of putting it. Yeah, but theologically, this is this is true. I mean, we we are in in death. Um, what what we celebrate though in the resurrection is that actually as our as our mortal body decays we it's it's okay i mean we're not to say that we don't suffer and that that suffering isn't tragic and and a loss um and even tragic to god um but we also affirm that that because we are alive in christ um, and because Christ has already died, then we we have died as well. We have died with Christ, um, and we are alive to eternal life. And you know that that's that's the comfort of of these words that remind us that um, even though we are in the midst of death, um, we have we have comfort. We have somebody who is always with us. Somebody who you know, cares for and loves us. Yeah. And um, when you capture, if you you were to look at the suggested readings for the burial liturgy, it captures that reality from the Old Testament to the New Testament to the gospel selections. It captures that. There's one really important thing I think I want to dive into for a moment, uh, and that is the grief. The grief that surrounds those who are here, who have seen their loved one, well, loved one's life change um, and you realize you're not going to be able to connect with them in the way that you have previously that 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 being able to, like you and I are sitting here recording this podcast we won't be able to do that um, when that happens I mean if we did do that then we would corner the market on some kind of yeah I think so post-resurrection uh, embodiment of the next life but I'm assuming we're not going to have control over that. So no, probably we're not, not going to worry about the market share on that. Also, no. if there's some posthumous uh, podcast, I'm not sure it would be ours. This is true. Yeah. This is true. Might be more like Brene Brown or something. Yeah. yeah. She would dare to lead us right to that. Um, 
I think, uh, though, that it's important to acknowledge that change is sad. Change is hard. Sure, we use the word death a lot. They've died. They've passed away. And maybe that language in its own right helps us, or maybe it hurts us. I don't know. Because it has those, those statements have a finite point to them. They, they have an ending point. They died. And die, death in our, in our mortal minds is the end. We don't know of anything else. Uh, we don't generally say when someone dies, we don't say, well, their life changed. Their life changed on April, April 4th, 1964. Their life changed. No, we say they died on April 4th, 1964. And that's because there's a grief, there's a loss, there's there's something that's not going to be the same anymore. There's a it just changed. And if we think through uh, different parts of our life, changes are hard. There's always a grieving process when things change, even good changes. I know of good changes in my life where I still had to grieve the loss and the and the things that had to be let go for me to embrace this new reality. Uh, and I think us ministers have that maybe in more ways than one, as we get called to serve different places, different churches, for example, there's a change and we may be excited about it, but there's still a a grieving process. If Mm -hmm. only momentarily where we realize we have to let go of this other thing to embrace this new thing. And now you, you multiply that when you lose a loved one or they're, or or they go um, and they they die, you, you have that place. So, what I'm trying to get at here is the prayer book liturgy acknowledges that. It acknowledges that there's a college right off the bat, very quickly in the burial liturgy, that talks all about helping, inviting Jesus and God to walk with loved ones as they're dealing with their grief and comfort them and be with them. Also in the what we would call the prayers of the people section, the prayers for the the prayers for the dead um, on 497, we're reminded of the story of Jesus at the grave of his friend Lazarus, where he wept because Lazarus was dead. Lazarus had been dead three days. Uh, and in the Jewish custom, that's that's dead. That's not asleep. That is, that is death. Mm-hmm. And Jesus wept. Jesus didn't come triumphantly and act like everything was great. He wept. He consoled Mary and Martha, who were also weeping, uh, the sisters of Lazarus. And then, of course, this miraculous thing happens. But what's important there is in his grief, Jesus grieved. He didn't act uh, supernatural. He missed his his friend, even if he knew in his heart what was about to happen. In that moment, Lazarus was not there in the same way Lazarus had been there before. And that's that's something we have to accept and know that's okay. It's okay to grieve. It's okay to be sad, that that's a natural thing we have to embrace and we have to that just saying things like, oh, our loved one went to be with Jesus, maybe somewhere deep, deep down inside that helps us. But for most of us, it's good to hear that, but it's not what we want to hear. Because what we want to hear is I want my loved one right back in front of me. I want to be able to mm-hmm. hold them. I want to be able to talk to them. I want to be able to 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 be with them. And that's just not the case. So I think I want to give us permission in that moment to to really know that part of what this liturgy does is capture that. It captures that reality. So it's not a liturgy just about, hey, get over your grief and celebrate the resurrection. I mean, that's part of what we do. That is part of what this liturgy does, is we celebrate the gift of our friend, our loved one. We celebrate the resurrection that gives them life so that life did not actually end. They can find life. But then we also fold into that celebration the reality of our grief and the pain of losing someone. 
and losing a, a, a relationship in the way that we've always known it. Uh, there's been plenty of spouses that I've sat with who've been married varying degrees of years. And that's not easy. It's not easy when you've been mm-hmm. with one person for so long. That Absolutely. You just... So, so I'll, I'll quit my grief rant here, but I think it's important that we know that this liturgy doesn't try to dismiss that. It doesn't try to tell you that you're wrong for grieving. It, it does the exact opposite. It folds it into the resurrection. It, it, it reminds you that Jesus and God can hold your can hold your grief, can hold it, and that Jesus actually has been there, has been in that grieving moment. Um, he has been and he has wept for someone that he's lost. Well, and theologically, what we understand about death is that death is the result of sin being brought into the world. That that we are. You know, our our origin story about the Garden of Eden and being, um, you know, cast out of it was because of this death that was brought into the world. Um, And, you know, I think it's important to remember that God did not create death, that God doesn't want death for us, and that, that death and decay, all of the things that, you know, that that I talked about earlier of, of suffering and um, of being in pain of, of the lack of control over our, our mortal bodies, all of this kind of thing. It grieves the Lord that we weren't meant for that. And that's not what God wanted for us. And when we hear about Jesus, um, you know, weeping at the grave of, of his friend Lazarus, we see that example that that God is horrified by death, that God is horrified by our suffering. Um, God is not complacent in that. Not at all. Um, and I, I think, you know, when you think about um, the creation stories, when God created, especially the second in Genesis chapter two, when God creates and he gets his hands into the mud and he makes... He makes humankind in his image and he breathes life into them. Right from the get-go, God wants life. He longs for life. Um, and then, but but at the same time, God gives us freedom. And then that freedom, as Bryn just said, where we made some choices pretty early on that brought death into the world. But what's beautiful about the, the resurrection and, and why we think about this burial liturgies and Easter liturgy. That even when we go, our bodies, these uh, meat suits, if you will, go down to the dust. Bren loves when I say meat suits. Uh, when these meat suits go down to the dust, as it says in the commendation later in the burial liturgy, which is one of the last things we do before we go uh, to what's known as the committal, which is at the final resting place, wherever the ashes or body are going to be laid for their final resting spots, known as the committal. So right before that, usually the last thing we do in the sanctuary is the commendation. We say in this commendation, all of us go down to the dust. So the reality is this body that I am in right now will go down to the dust at some point. But yet, even at that grave, even at that point, I sing my song, Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. Because it's not the final answer. It's not the end. Uh, That through Jesus, God brought life, life conquered death. And brought life back into reality for all of us. The gift that God so freely given us. Um, and that's uh, that's something that's really got to be held on to. That we have to remember. Um, 
that that it's that it is that that even in this momentary or this point of, of of actually closing our eyes that we can sing our song Alleluia Alleluia knowing that we have life and we have life in God with God and that's a beautiful thing the one who made us is the one who receives us back um, and that's powerful. Uh, and that's 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 our resurrection. That's our resurrection story. That's our new life. That's our that's our change. Um, and it's a beautiful thing. It is. I think you know the the final the dismissal of the the service kind of says it all and brings back to us the you know the point that this is an Easter liturgy. The celebrant dismisses the people with these words, Alleluia, Christ is risen. The Lord is risen indeed, Alleluia. And that is where we end. That's where we end. There's nothing more to really say there. Um, I do encourage you, we encourage you to look through this liturgy. Again, as we always say, if you have questions, don't hesitate to ask us. Uh, email us. Uh, we, we, appreciate, we appreciate those and we love reaching out to folks. Um, one thing just to make note of before we go, uh, you will notice these podcasts not dropping on Monday anymore. They're going to be dropping on Friday. Uh, so be on the lookout for new episodes on Fridays, uh, as we make this change, but again, have a great uh, rest of your week and we will, uh, we will see you next time. Lit is a production of the Reverend Bryn Bond and Justin Yon, Episcopal priests in Austin, Texas. Music is provided by Alitu. We encourage you and invite you to send your questions to us via the emails you'll find in the show notes below. We will ask, uh, answer them on air at a future date, and we so appreciate your listenership.